Hey everyone, welcome back to Chasing Returns. This is episode seven. My name's JJ. I'm Zach. And uh, let's get right into it. So uh, Zach, I think you have something you want to bring up to start us off today. Yeah, I'm going to talk about uh, Warren Buffett again. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Carvana because I was checking uh, the stock prices recently and I noticed Carvana is at like 22 now. Um, and in August 2021, 10 months ago, it was 360. So it's a 95% drawdown. Um, and I, I think I know this company pretty well. Well, I do because I was an intern there three years ago in the accounting department. So um, I don't know. Do you want us to give a brief overview of the business? or? Yeah, let's, I think let's run through it uh, just really yeah. briefly because I some of my concerns regards something else, um, which is after you understand the business or at least what they go through. But since you work there, yeah, let's, let's, let's hear what your, uh, quick summary of the business is. Yeah. So the whole thing is, um, about taking the hassle out of car buying, um, used car buying because basically buying cars at a dealership is one of the most hated processes in the world. Um, and Carvana's idea was, oh, well, why don't people just, buy cars online. Like it's like you're shopping on Amazon, but instead you're shopping for cars. Um, and then you get it delivered straight to your home or you, it gets delivered to a vending machine and you go pick it up, which is a pretty cool process. Cause I think they give you like a huge coin, you put it in and then you see your car come down and then you can sell your cars to them as well, super easily. So sometimes I go on their website and just, you put in like your license plate and it gives you a cash offer, um, like a legit cash offer. Um, I don't know if they slowed that down recently though, but yeah, I think it's a really interesting idea. The one pushback they had in the beginning was people want to test drive their cars um, before, but they have like a two week return policy. And I think very little, very few people actually return their cars. Um, So I feel like that's a a big thing outside of Amazon, but I feel like that's like a, a big thing with like clothing as well. Of um, I can't remember what's oh, yeah. the uh, is it Stitch Fix maybe where it's like you can order a subscription box, you get a bunch of clothes, and anything you don't want, you send back. Mm-hmm. I really wonder, and I'm sure the numbers out there, what percentage of the things that get sent that you choose do people actually return? Um, girls might be a little bit more picky with that, uh, but it just it's one of those things that I feel like the hassle of returning an item is so much. Um, yeah. and granted, like I said, Carvon is very different because you have to go to. A, post office or not but i'm sure just that the whole idea of like oh i need to fill out all this paperwork to return it when you've already thought about the car you're going to buy i think there's some human psychology there of like it's not worth it it's like it's good enough once you get it yeah um but yeah because i'm definitely one that i would want to test drive um granted though the only thing i'll say is it's like which is awful but i mean it's what you see with a lot of things is it's like you could just go to the dealership drive if you know if it's a somewhat new car like say the last eight years it's probably gonna be similar to whatever the new car is in the dealership so at least you get a feel for it like my car i I drive a ford edge and the brakes are so touchy the my car was a 2015 the 2022s are still touchy like it's just it's a thing with ford i think in general but then it's also a thing specifically also with my car so it's you one get of those used things, to right? it over time. Yeah. Well, it's, and like I said, it's just, it's that style of cars, but it's one of those things of like, you almost could just drive the newer car or find even a used one at a dealership. 
and then go buy it through Carvana for probably a better price, which is like, I mean, what think of everything with shopping on Amazon, everyone just goes to stores, tries things and usually orders it on Amazon because it's cheaper. Yeah. But, um, so I, I view that's part, probably part of the reason with that, but, um, but yeah, Carvana is a really interesting business, especially seeing all the, uh, the vending machines go up. Obviously I've seen the ones go up in Arizona. There's one now right off the main highway next to the strip in Las Vegas. Um, definitely interesting concept. Uh, and yeah, so I was going to say, so that's the brief summary you want to get into specific, the specifics of what you want to bring up about Carvana. Well, okay. First you mentioned fashion. Um, I invested in a company called revolve and they have ridiculously high return rates. Like I think it was 50% of their sales basically get returned, but that's off topic. I think it's just an interesting. Maybe that's a subject for another uh, topic. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, like I mentioned, I'm pretty sure Carvana's return rate was really low, like surprisingly low. Um, regarding the business, uh, so yeah, like I said, I was an intern there in the accounting department. Um, what I will say is the work culture and the environment was amazing. Um, everyone there, it was very relaxed. It was like casual clothing, um, but everyone there seemed to really enjoy their jobs, really love the company. The CEO is a really cool guy, um, very young, and everyone was very motivated. And um, so I thought the work culture was amazing. Regarding the financials, I never invested in the company, um, which for the longest time, I looked like an idiot because when I when I was there, it was like 60-ish there. And uh, like I mentioned, it was 360 in or August of 2021 but now it's at 20 and now I look smart. The reason I didn't invest was because yes, they have, they had ridiculous growth. It was like triple digit year over year growth for their entire existence until recently. Um, and then you had improving gross profit per unit. You had declining SGNA as a percentage of revenue. So you have all these great metrics. The issue is they're still highly unprofitable. They're still burning cash like crazy. And when that happens, you're heavily reliant on uh, financial markets to raise cash via debt and equity. Um, So your share count's going up over time, your debt's going up over time. And something like that is just way too hard for me. So I never bought. And, um, but the opportunity is enormous. It's a really fragmented industry. Um, So if they can get significant market share, they will become very profitable. so it's, yeah, it's a really interesting situation. Yeah. See, obviously we'd always talk about it and whatnot. And, um, I was definitely looking when I'm back when my portfolio was a lot smaller in terms of companies that I was diversified in, I was definitely wanting to get into the car market. Cause I mean, I, I I've mentioned before, I've been investing since like 2016 ish, but I didn't really have much money in my account until 2020. Um, I came into some cash, started working, whatnot. So I was able to invest more, which obviously was a good time. Um, but uh, I was wanting to get into a car play, but I've, I've struggled with one issue. And that's if we're going EV, what are we going to do with all of the gasoline cars? And if yeah. you are a used car business, you're going to be buying up gasoline cars, especially yeah. if everyone's converting to EVs who's going to be buying the gasoline cars. And if you're offering to buy their old car for them to convert to an EV, you're just losing customers year over year. 
So, and obviously eventually they'll start getting EVs and I'm sure they already have some for sure. But like I said, if their whole thing is that we'll buy your used car, you know, to resell it. And obviously, you know, they calculate the price. The problem is I just struggle with the idea of the future of it for the time being of why we're going through this transition. Um, Cause I think it's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant model. It's cool. It's, I mean, it's kind of trendy in some ways. It's very different. Yeah. Um, like I said, I can, what's, what's the main competitor that goes to your house? Vroom. I was, I was going to say, cause it's between those two as well. Yeah. But, uh, I don't but know doesn't Carvana also deliver as well as an option? Yeah. Carvana delivers. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it is delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I was just going to say, I remember, I think, I think it was from Vroom. I think their, their advertisement wise was very big on the, like, we'll pick it up, whatever. But I, I think Carvana offers that as well. Oh yeah. Carvana I, just, does. I just always remember those commercials. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm just, I'm a little concerned with the turnover rate. Cause like I said, it's like, you're going to have people, you know, selling off one thing and buying a completely new category of which your inventory of a used car is going to be very slim, especially since I think the av- like, I think the American average, like, um, for the, uh, age of a car, it's like, isn't it like 12 years old? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. I think it's like, it's something it's, it's at least seven. Um, but I th- for some reason, I think it's 12, but the average, yeah, like the average American drives, a, the average age of, of a car is seven to 12 years old. We'll just go with that. And if that's the case, like I said, and say in 10 years when EVs, you know, are pretty prominent, the people that have the EVs probably aren't going to be selling their EVs. So you're going to, yeah. it's like, that's, that's the only big issue I have with Carvana outside of that though. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant model. Um, I, yes, yeah, CEO had, I've heard great things. Obviously, I heard great things yeah. from you as well. Um, His dad is a little like sketchier. I think he went to prison for something, but <laughs> <laughs> um, the CEO of Carvana, Ernie Garcia III, he's a really, um, I liked him a lot. That's awesome. awesome guy. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. Um, if it dips low enough, I'll buy it. Um, actually, this just reminded me of something. Um, and I did hear this through another creator of which I am a fan of, which I've talked about with you, um, which is, uh, Jeremy from uh, financial education. He, uh, he was bringing up Robin hood, which I am a stock holder. I'm, I, I own a decent amount of shares in, um, I've been getting my cost basis way down. Cause I mean, that thing IPO and I think it was in like high forties at one point, and now it's below $10. And he was saying if it hits, cause I think it's at eight right now, if it hits $7, their market cap equals the amount of cash they have on their balance sheet. So is that like excess cash though, or is that, cause it, does that take into account um, debt? Like if it's excess cash, then I'm that... pretty sure it's excess cash. So we can, we, we can follow up on this next week. Yeah. There's just something I wanted to bring up considering we're talking about, I mean, most things are trading extremely low right now, but Robin Hood is one just because I'm an owner in it and I've been adding to it uh, frequently. Um, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things that it's crazy. The fact that someone can get down that low and the market not, you know, view that as a buying opportunity. And I know Finn, yeah. I, I know Finn like tech has had a very, very rough, like year and a half, um, pretty much since all the hype, you know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, Robin hoods one. Cause I mean, I, my second account, um, my bro- second brokerage account is Robin hood. It's, uh, probably only accounts for 20% of every, like, you know, everything I own, but honestly, I, I do love the platform. 
Um, I think it's great. It's easy. It's slick. I mean, uh, it's been compared to a social media, which is probably what they were going for. They've gotten in trouble for the gambling mentality of kind of gamifying investing, um, obviously through their options trades and all that. Um, I don't do any of that. So that never concerns me, but like I use Schwab and then I use Robinhood and I'm like, Schwab needs to update their interface. Oh, I like Schwab's, but I guess I'm used to it. It's like I said, I'm, I don't have a huge issue with it, but it's just one of those things of like, if you're, I just feel like it could be a little bit modernized and I'm not, like I said, that has nothing to do with functionality at all, but it's just one of those things of, I just view it. It's like, I feel like it could be pretty easy for a lot of these, like for a fintech to come in like a Robinhood to eventually be a massive player to take market share just based off of user experience for the younger demographic, which is why I think the appeal of Robinhood was. The problem is I think people graduate from Robinhood and then go to a Schwab or Fidelity or whoever else, um, which has kind of always been the joke is the fact that, you know, it's your first, your first brokerage account and then you move on. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's just an intriguing thought. um, And definitely also a one where, I might be buying a lot more because I just don't see Robinhood going away. At least not. The other thing is too, Robinhood could get um, so it could get bought out by another brokerage. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. So I don't know. Uh, any thoughts on that, or have you seen any other extreme buying opportunities? Um, I mean, the things I own have come down and I wish I could buy them, but I just don't have much cash lying around. Like Berkshire is back low 290s, I think. Um, There's a small community bank I own that I would buy a lot of right now if I could. Um, And I started a new position in um, a home builder, an industry I know very little about and that I'll probably get smoked in, but it'll be a good learning experience. Um, so do you want to transition into that or do yeah, you, let's go into any... what, what prompted you to buy it? Uh, what do you think you're not as informed in on the home builders? Okay. So the home builders, they look on the surface, extremely cheap. I mean, they're all, they're trading at like three times, uh, earnings, four times, five times earnings. Yeah. And some of them are trading around or below book value. This one that I bought which is MNI Homes, um, tickers MHO, trades at like 75% of book value. Um, now, obviously, the market isn't stupid. They're not going to price uh, a good company at three times earnings. The market's anticipating a massive decline in new home sales. Yeah. Um, but So this is sort of like my Activision bet, is I have no idea what the future holds, but I'm basically assuming the worst case scenario going forward, and I still think the investment works out. Because if you're trading at 75% of book value, the company could sell all of their existing inventory of homes at cost, when in reality, they're going to sell them at a, yep. at a profit. But if they sold them all at cost, and then they just liquidated the company, then I would make uh, like 30%, basically. Yep. But obviously, they're not going to liquidate. They're going to keep building homes. They're going to, I think they said in a conference call, they're going to look at repurchasing shares. Um, a lot of investors were in the call. We're pushing them to do that. Um, and in the best case scenario, maybe home demand stays strong because they're favorable demographic trends. Um, there's still a supply imbalance where the market is undersupplied, uh, just coming out of the great recession, home building, um, supply came way down and it still hasn't caught up. 
So I just think this is a situation where my downside is small and my upside is massive. I, yeah, I can, I completely agree. Like I said, that's kind of what I was, uh, obviously we had teased that we were going to talk about that. That's where the, uh, Robin hood briefly came into my mind. Yeah. Um, cause I saw that kind of as a similar situation, except the home home builders is a very, very different, uh, markets and definitely something that, like I said, is up for debate of what's going to happen. And obviously no one truly knows. Yeah. Um, my, my bet still is that interest rates are going to just halt people. For, I, I think, I think new builds are going to continue because like I said, they're going to see the opportunity. The fact that there's still low inventory, is it going to slow down? Probably. Yes. Um, and I, it just, I just don't see, I just can't see an economy where our housing market can stay where it's at with, you're going to have some people with their hours cut or they're going to be making less money. You're going to have some people getting laid off. So you're going to have, a very large part of the workforce, maybe not like I said, maybe not being unemployed, but definitely having their, you know, hours cuts, their, their weekly paycheck goes down. And there's going to be like I said, a part of the workforce that is just laid off um, because they're just not going to be needed the next two years. Um, so I just, I just, I can't see demands maintaining. I, I rents is, is what's going to scare me because I feel like a lot of people are going to be moving now into rentals um, cause they can't afford. And, you know, maybe they're somewhere else or you're going to have to start, you know, finding roommates or moving back home with your parents or whatever. Um, so that's just, that, that's my big concern. I, I think we're going to see a pretty, pretty bloody, um, housing market for the next. I mean, that's okay. what, that's what yeah. the market is saying. That's what Mr. Market's saying. When well, it I was going to has... say, I mean, all the, all those companies are going down like crazy. Cause it's, yeah. Who's going to pay for a, a new house with these interest rates. I mean, unless you can pay it in cash. It's just like, which some people might be able to do, you know, if you've sold your house, you know, near the top of the market and you've been renting, you've got yeah. plenty of cash to now go out. You're waiting for houses to fall. And may, even if you don't, like I said, pay it in full cash, which I, I mean, that's obviously very hard to do, but if theoretically if you sold out of your house, you are sitting on a lot of cash right now. It's like even paying 50% and down payment. It's like, that's a lot of people are going to be able to do that if they were able to time it correctly. The problem is that's just not going to be you know, the case for majority of Americans. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I see rents staying pretty much the same. I don't think rents are going to come down. I don't think rents can go up much more. They're almost too high for people to afford, but uh, I definitely see probably housing. I mean, you're already seeing listings kind of, you know, go up. And I think there was a trend for what, 15% drop in asking price or 20% I saw recently reported across some markets. Um, our market's going to be interesting in Phoenix because there's still low supply and there's a lot of jobs here and a lot of people moving here still. Yeah. Uh, so that's one concern I have in the Phoenix market, but in terms of for across the country, yeah, I, like I said, I, it's, it's, I, things have to come down, especially too, because I don't see interest rates coming down anytime soon. Oh no. Especially with the, um, with inflation continuing to run really hot. Yeah. Uh, you got the feds basically, they're just going to keep raising rates. Um, like their, their number one goal right now is to get inflation down, even if it creates a recession, kind of like the eighties with Volcker. So you have, that's what you have to do. And then you have people transitioning into bonds, which is also good for the government or I guess fed. Yeah. Good for the money supply. Let me put it that way. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that's the one thing we've never, I mean, in our lifetime, I don't think we've ever considered buying bonds, but now it'd be a point where I actually would look at it and be like, maybe. Yeah. You mean like corporate or U.S. treasuries? U.S. treasuries. Okay. I mean, 
you still like the 10 years at 3% and that's no, pre-inflation too. I know. So that I still think no, but corporate bonds, there might be some interesting ones to look at for sure. That's it's just one of those things which just, I just see those increasing. If, if rates stay high, both of those are going to go up because we're going to have people pulling out and transitioning. Um, but like I said, could be wrong with that. Um, yeah, could be wrong with that. It's just, it's just something it's like, there's a reason why I feel like our parents are a lot of, you know, older people I know, like they were always in bonds. It's because they always had high interest rates. Yeah. My dad told me my grandpa owned some CDs that yielded like 16%. That's my point. I mean, (laughs) I don't think we're ever going to get back to that, but it's one of those things of like, say it reaches 5%. And I I don't, if you believe inflation is not going to be, you know, it's going to come down at some point. It's like, Mm, I don't think I still wouldn't like, I think I you know. and I should be targeting 10% returns. Yeah. But you also have to, you also have to realize like we're in a different timeline. We're the ones that, you know, don't might not need the cash. Like if you're in retirement. Well, okay. Well, why would you buy a, a, a treasury at 5% if you could buy Apple at 20 times earnings, which is basically a 5% yield. Like Apple's keep growing over time. It's more of an inflation hedge because they can just raise prices. Yeah, but like I said, like, we're not we're we're talking about the people that might need cash now that pull money out of the market every year. Like, say you're retired. Yeah, but I, I would just rather hold cash. Then I, like I said, then, I I would too. I mean, I'm probably never going to buy a bond unless rates get so ridiculous, like the story you just mentioned that your dad told you. But also, if in general, I do think there is a demographic where they want to be extremely risk adverse. Yeah, because they've seen 2020 happen. Obviously, that bounced back quickly. Who knows how long this is going to last? I don't know. Like I said, I think there's a, a small selection of people that are older out there that probably just want to park, have enough money, and they don't want to see their portfolio down 20. percent Yeah, and that that's where I'm just saying. Like I said, if you're yeah, if you're below 30, maybe even 40, I I don't think bonds are for you because there's too much of a buying opportunity. I don't think and they ever are working because even if. Like I mentioned in the eighties, you could get a CD at 17% or seventies, eighties. Well, stocks at that time are probably going to be priced for like 20, maybe 25% returns going forward. Some, not the entire market, but um, you'll be able to find like back then, I think Buffett was buying, he was buying great companies at like four or five times earnings. It was just like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. So I don't know. I just view it as like, look at how many people sell out of the market and then just don't buy back in until, you know, things start going back up because people are just, they don't want to park them. Most people, I feel like I said, there's the trends kind of shifting in terms of obviously, you know, buy the dip is coming a really popular thing. Granted, it's always been, you know, something that's probably been encouraged. Um, I definitely think more of like retail buyers are starting to buy into that. The problem is you need to have the cash to be able to do that. And two, you need to have the safety net of you not needing that cash and going into a recession, you might not have that luxury, which is like I said, why I think some people pull out, but it's also, like I said, just, you don't want to risk all the money you've been saving the last six, eight years, especially if you want to buy a home or you have a big purchase coming up, you're not going to be parking that in the market. Um, yeah. But like I said, people that, you know, have that and like are extremely risk adverse and maybe think the stock market's a scam. If you give them a promised return, I, I, like I said, I think there's, a large amount of buyers out there that would prefer that over the risk of the stock market. There's a lot of people that don't like the stock market and definitely think it's rigged. And to some extent, there might be an argument on the rigged side. 
Um, granted, like I said, it benefits everybody in some ways, but I definitely think, you know, there's some parts of probably foul play in the stock market, at least for, you know, short term, long term, you're always safe. Um, knock on wood. If you live in America, that is. if you buy good companies, if you buy good companies good and you're invested in America, the big old, yeah. I, we're, we're, I'm going to name drop it. We're, we said we weren't going to bring it up, but Warren Buffett, you know, oh yeah, it's, it's where you want to invest. Like I said, Japan, obviously, you know, since their recession, what they still haven't recovered, but if you've been buying year over year, it's like, you're still making a good return. You just lost what you had 30 years ago. But, um, but yeah, I don't see the U S ever getting to that extent. Now. I think we are too strong of companies. Yeah. What else? I feel like there was one more thing we wanted to touch on with that. Oh, the other, another thing too. Uh, did you see, have you seen, been tracking the price of lumber? Cause obviously, you know, there was that huge um, shortage. Um, especially I, well, with houses getting built and whatnot, and just and also the um, supply chain obviously limiting it. I think it it went way up, then way down, then way up, and now it's down again. Oh, I think it's down like fifty percent right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So, which I only bring that up because that's a like I said, maybe an indicator for housing. It could be. It also means that my home builder, like their costs go down. Correct. So it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Yeah. Like I said, I know nothing about home building. So this investment I made is partially educational. Um, whatever happens, I'm going to learn. Yep. Whether, yeah. So I don't think, I don't think the home builders are a bad spot to be in right now. Um, like I said, it might be flat for a bit, but you know, once we pull out of this, it's like, that's when, you know, things are going to bump back up because eventually, you know, real estate, you know, hits its highs again. The only problem is, you know, is your return going to be limited based off of other opportunities? So is there an opportunity cost of where else you could have parked your money? But I definitely think at these prices that, you know, like I said, it's probably a pretty safe bet if you're not going to lose money. I mean, I could. As I said, for sure. Over time, over time. Yeah. And it's just, they don't have nothing that much safe. Debt. Yeah. Nothing below safe. Book, I don't know. It's like you said, though, it's like you could liquidate and, you know, you could bring it all back and obviously prices could crash. But even then it's like your loss is probably going to be very, very small. I don't know. Like I said, I just, real estate's always one thing that I feel like, you know, long-term always is going to hold value. Um, like I said, people always need homes. We've had a shortage of homes. Granted, our population is shrinking. So that is one thing. Like I said, eventually, you know, maybe we reach too much where we don't have enough to replace it. Um, especially as baby boomers, maybe, you know, end up moving out of their houses, but there's always needs for new homes. People always want new homes and that's a, the benefit of home builders. So that's, that's where I think a lot is safe, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think it'll be interesting to track. Um, I don't think I'll be parking any cash there anytime soon. I think tech for me right now is just too easy of a play. Not saying things can't get worse, but just, you know, long-term five, three to five years, like it's hard to bet against Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, maybe, but I guess our meta, I guess. Did you see they're changing their ticker as well? Yeah, I think they did change it last week. I was surprised. I was surprised by that because Google obviously has kept theirs. Yeah. They never switched alphabet or whatever. They're they're very serious about this metaverse thing. Yep. But anyway, well, uh, it's, I, I, still, know, I mean, I think they're very serious about the metaverse. I completely agree with that, but I think it's the branding because I think Facebook has such a negative connotation to it. I think they're, I think mostly, honestly, it's a branding issue, especially too. Cause I mean, they're, they've expanded what they bought. Cause what they own Instagram, they own WhatsApp. They bought Oculus. Like they're not just Facebook anymore. So I think. Yeah, I think 
if you spun out each of the parts, I actually don't know, but I, I think there's a good Instagram might be the, would be the most valuable. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that though. Yeah. WhatsApp, WhatsApp's definitely up there. Cause like WhatsApp's used by so many people internationally. Yeah. But I don't, I feel like what. they haven't monetized it yet is what I've heard. So like it has a lot of users, but they yes, have, but how do you, the only thing I'll say to that is how do you get so many? Cause I have WhatsApp. Cause that's what I used in college for my team. Mm-hmm. Dude, you get so many like scam texts on there. Your yeah. information is definitely being sold. Yeah. But it's like Twitter, Twitter has yeah. an enormous reach, but they have done a poor job monetizing it. Correct. So just having users. Yeah. Snapchat even has more users than Twitter and they've, are still deeply unprofitable. Yeah. yeah Cause you never so, scro- like, I never scroll to the explore page where there's all the sponsors on snap. Oh yeah. yeah. I, and I know they tried hiding the stories over there. So you'd click on it. I never click on any of that stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, let's definitely, like I said, you know, be following housing. So I think that's going to be the next kind of big thing to fall. Cause obviously stock market's already down big. Um, I think housing is probably going to be obviously the next big indicator people are going to be looking at to see what happens to it. Um, but yeah, uh, I think good conversation really liked the Carvana. Um, I'm glad that you brought that up. Do you think you'd buy Carvana anytime soon? I personally would Evaluate- until I saw evidence of improving cash flow. Valuation situation. would have to go down a lot more because, like I said, I just the well, it went from sixty-two billion to four billion. As, as I said, it's just I the EVs worry me because I think that is the way we're going. And I did have a pushback on that. I don't know if we have time. We have three minutes, <laughs> okay. so if you can do it quickly, let's hear so it. So the EVs, governments are targeting like twenty thirty. They want majority of new cars to be EVs. Right. Obviously, a lot of people aren't going to be able, be able to afford new EVs. So right. we're still going to have. Uh, gasoline cars for a long time i think i know like i said it's one of those things of obviously the transition is going to happen slowly i'm just saying though there will be used teslas by 2030 huh carvana will be selling used teslas oh i mean they already are yeah i'm just saying is the problem is they're you know dealerships part of the business is you're buying up the old one people usually don't buy a car without selling it so even we're there you know, the last 10% that are selling their cars, Carvana is not going to be, re- be able to resell those. Mm, I don't know. I it's just like, we'll I, said, I think it's going to be difficult. I think there, there's going to be a certain demographic, but there's a large portion where it's like the last push and no one's going to be buying their cars, but someone has to buy it for them to be able to afford the new car. The new used car that is. We'll see. I, it might be a situation where like maybe there's a 90% chance Carvana goes to zero, but there's a 10% chance at 20 X's and it makes sense agree. to buy. I completely so, agree. Maybe I'll look at it. I don't know. Like I said, it's definitely a company I'm intrigued by. It's just one of those things of like, I can't justify that risk in my mind, like logically thinking about it um, based off of, like I said, other opportunities. And the bigger thing yeah, with yeah. that as well is it's just, like used cars have been so inflated the last, obviously, you know, since, you know, Corona and just that, that's the other thing that worries me. Cause that's why the valuation went up so much and you're even still seeing cars overvalued used. It's starting to come down finally, but like, it just, I think they, they hit a really big hot market and it'll be interesting to see how they slowly now grow in a normal market Yeah, or even a down market, I guess I should say, cause obviously that's what we're in. Yeah. 
Well, I'll just conclude by saying the best risk reward in the market is Berkshire. I, I think, like I said, we're always going to agree on and that. I should probably just go 100% Berkshire, yeah. but I won't. Well, thank you everyone for watching. Uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.